This program is brought to you by Preserve Gold, the number one precious metals IRA provider. Call 855-962-3322. Pressure is building on the Biden administration to end strategic ambiguity in regards to Taiwan. Lawmakers now asking the White House to clarify whether the U.S. would defend Taiwan in case of a Chinese invasion. Biden has previously said the U.S. would defend the island, but aides have walked back those statements. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. More are calling on the Biden administration to make one point clear that the U.S. would defend Taiwan if China invades. In an interview with Just the News, Congressman Mike Lawler said the U.S. needs to be much more clear about where it stands and that strategic ambiguity, in his opinion, is not working. Washington's approach toward the Taiwan issue is called strategic ambiguity. The U.S. has never promised to defend Taiwan in case of a Beijing invasion, but it's also never denied it would step in. The policy's goal is to keep the status quo in the region by deterring China from invading Taiwan and, on the other side, not encouraging Taiwan to announce independence, a critical and unacceptable red line for Beijing. President Biden has said three times that Washington would defend Taiwan in the event of a war. The most recent comment came last September. Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging their being independent. We're not, let, that's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion? Yes. The White House walked back the statement afterward. Following the interview, the White House said U.S. policy hasn't changed, adding that Washington wants to see Taiwan's status resolved peacefully, but doesn't say whether U.S. forces might be deployed in response to a Chinese attack. Other than Lawler, Congressman Guy Reschenthaler also says the U.S. should be making it very clear it would defend Taiwan. And Senator Lindsey Graham told Fox News that he's open to using U.S. forces to defend Taiwan because it's in America's national security interest. Retired U.S. Air Force Brigadier General Robert Spaulding says the U.S. should let Beijing know its stance on Taiwan. And we ought to let them know that if you invade Taiwan, there will be consequences that put the Chinese Communist Party leadership itself at risk. That's what they're concerned about is is putting the, the Communist Party at risk. If we're not willing to do that, then you're going to see the Chinese continue past Taiwan to be aggressive with other nations. He added that if the U.S. doesn't take any action, China's military aggression may expand beyond Taiwan to countries like South Korea, Japan and Australia. Beijing seemingly lashing out at a U.S. House member. China's foreign ministry levied sanctions on Congressman Michael McCall Thursday. The lawmaker chairs the House Foreign Affairs Committee. The Republican visited Taiwan last week, promising to help provide training for Taiwan's armed forces and speed up the delivery of U.S. weapons shipments to the island. Under Chinese sanction law, McCall is now banned from entering the country and from interacting with organizations and individuals in China. Any property or assets he may have in China will also be frozen. China's foreign ministry said McCall had frequently interfered in China's internal affairs and harmed China's interests. 
McCall called Beijing's decision a badge of honor, saying the move actually serves U.S. interests by bringing more attention to international partners and revealing the Chinese Communist Party's blatant aggression. The Chinese Communist Party claims Taiwan as its own territory, though it has never ruled the island. Because of that view, Beijing strongly objects to dialogue between Taiwan and foreign officials, especially if it involves Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen. Back on the island, Taiwan is shoring up its military defenses just days after China ended its war games in the island's surrounding waters. On Thursday, Taiwan kicked off its annual civil defense drills. In previous years, these drills were conducted to raise readiness for natural disasters and other emergencies. But this time, the island is preparing for a potential war and to defend itself against its communist neighbor. The difference between these drills compared to something like a natural disaster is that during a war, we have to constantly be on alert for attacks by enemy forces. Last week, Beijing kicked off a days-long military drill in the Taiwan Strait. The move was apparent retaliation against Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen for meeting with U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California. Missiles are soaring at the Philippines' largest military base. There, Philippine and U.S. soldiers are holding live-fire drills this week. The exercise is happening amid mounting tensions with Beijing over the South China Sea. The commanding general of the Philippine Army says the drill falls in line with presidential orders. President uh, Ferdinand uh, Romualdez uh, Marcos Jr. for us to defend our territory and not give an inch of our territory. The drill is part of a two-week annual bilateral exercise between Manila and the U.S. This year is the biggest ever, with over 17,000 soldiers participating in the war game. Uh, for people that might question, you know, well, what are you actually doing? Well, what we're doing is we're actually training together and we're modernizing together and we're reorganizing together so that we can maintain a free and open Indo-Pacific. Neighboring China isn't pleased. China's foreign ministry said on Monday that the drills must not interfere in South China Sea disputes, much less harm China's maritime interests. French President Emmanuel Macron's remarks over Taiwan are triggering more reactions. He recently said that in reference to Taiwan, European countries should not adapt to either the American rhythm or a Chinese overreaction. That's after he visited China earlier this month. Now, questions are mounting about his stance. First, is France pro-China? Several actions suggest the country isn't siding with Beijing. A French warship just traveled through the Taiwan Strait. The voyage symbolic of upholding the freedom to pass through international waters. Taiwan authorities confirmed the ship's presence on Wednesday. Similar trips in the region are usually performed by U.S. vessels. Beyond maritime transit, France has also its own interests in the Pacific region. Several thousand French troops have been stationed on islands in the South Pacific, part of the nation's overseas territory. The French government has said the islands are exposed to international tensions. On Wednesday, Macron said France's position on Taiwan had not changed and that he favored the current status quo over Taiwan. That stance firmly opposes Beijing's ambitions. Certain European leaders are taking issue with French President Macron's remarks. Former UK Prime Minister Liz Truss shared some stern words about his recent visit to China. She called looking to Beijing for a solution to the Ukraine conflict a mistake 
and a sign of weakness. She also criticized Macron for his lackluster stance on Taiwan. NDD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on that. The idea that we can treat China as just another global player is, is wrong. It is a totalitarian regime and we need to adapt our policies accordingly. We need to be Trust was speaking at the 2023 Margaret Thatcher Freedom Lecture hosted by the Heritage Foundation in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday. The former U.K. Prime Minister criticized French President Emmanuel Macron for his proposed stance on Europe, staying out of issues regarding Taiwan. And supporting Taiwan is not a distraction from supporting Ukraine. Putin and Xi have made it very clear that they are allies against Western capitalism. Trust believes looking to the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP, for a resolution to the conflict in Ukraine is a sign of weakness. She says Western allies need to work together and be much more skeptical about statements and promises made by the CCP. The British politician condemned Macron and Ursula von der Leyen's recent visit to China. I think it was a mistake. I think it showed a divide in the West which doesn't exist. And I also believe that we should be much, much tougher on supporting Taiwan at this juncture. Trust says Macron is wrong to suggest Taiwan is not of direct interest to Europe and that Europe should be doing all it can to support Taiwan in defending itself. The Chinese regime's military declared Monday it is ready to fight after it finished large-scale combat exercises and a simulated blockade around Taiwan. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. More Chinese satellite debris are falling back to Earth. That's according to Beijing's Maritime Safety Agency. On Thursday, China announced a ban on vessels entering an area near Taiwan, effective Sunday. The nation's Maritime Safety Administration claimed that all shipping within the region would stop from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. local time. Meanwhile, Taiwanese officials confirmed that China was planning to impose a no-fly zone from April 16th to the 18th. They later reported that China had agreed to reduce that time frame to just half an hour. If that happens, it will impact about 33 flights. According to Taiwan's official central news agency, China was getting ready to launch a weather satellite on Sunday, adding it was the cause of the no-fly zone. Beijing's foreign ministry, on the other hand, declined to comment on the issue, directing media to refer to the relevant authorities in charge. This isn't the first time a Chinese spacecraft has fallen back to Earth. Just last year, a 23-ton piece of space debris plunged into the Pacific Ocean. It was later identified as part of a Chinese rocket launcher. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson has accused China of being irresponsible in handling its space operations. Tracking objects in space is crucial for ensuring safety. Over in Canada, a seven-year-old donation from a Chinese businessman is shaking up the Trudeau Foundation, and its entire board of directors is jumping ship. Let's look at the latest. In a statement on Tuesday, the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation announced that its entire board of directors, including the president and CEO, has resigned. This comes as the foundation faces growing scrutiny over a Chinese donation made in 2016. The Globe and Mail first reported in February this year that the Trudeau Foundation received a $200,000 donation from a Chinese businessman. The billionaire was found to have ties with the Chinese Communist regime, and the donation was allegedly meant to influence Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government. 
In a statement announcing the resignation, the Trudeau Foundation said, The political climate surrounding a donation received by the Foundation in 2016 has put a great deal of pressure on the Foundation's management and volunteer board of directors. The board added, The circumstances created by the politicization of the Foundation have made it impossible to continue with the status quo. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he has, in his words, no intersection with the Foundation. Canadian lawmakers have been calling for probes into allegations of Chinese election interference. The Trudeau Foundation said it would return the donation amid the recent controversy. The Trudeau Foundation was created in 2001 to promote research in the humanities. It was founded by friends and family of Justin Trudeau's late father, former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. Three directors will remain on board the foundation for the time being. Leaked documents from the Pentagon disclosing U.S. intelligence on China and Russia. The highly classified information reveals that China could help Russia's war effort against Ukraine. Let's dive in. One entry centers on deep strikes into Russia by Ukraine. It says China may use the attacks as a way to accuse NATO, a U.S.-led military alliance, of being the aggressor. That would pave the way for more Chinese aid to Russia. The document says this may happen if Ukraine hits strategic locations or targets Russian higher-ups. It goes on to say that if weapons from the West, namely those from America or NATO, are used, China may use the information to claim Washington is directly involved, adding that China could use that to justify sending lethal aid to Russia. Beyond that, the documents contain intel on China's Navy and its development of weapons. Those are hypersonic glide vehicles classed as ballistic missiles. The leak revealed that they have a high probability of evading American missile defenses. What's more, these documents also outlined the first deployment of the Chinese Yushen LHA-31 assault ship that carries helicopters. As for Russia, the documents describe the extent that the U.S. has infiltrated Moscow's Ministry of Defense and the Wagner Mercenary Group. China's foreign ministry ramping up pressure on Germany. Beijing is calling on the country to, in its words, be objective and rational. That's as Berlin reviews whether to allow Chinese stake in a major seaport. Germany previously gave shipping group China's Costco permission to buy up stake in Hamburg port. The major commerce hub is the largest seaport in Germany and third largest in Europe. It's known as Germany's gateway to the world. The German economy minister announced the review on Wednesday. At the same time, the nation's foreign minister is in China this week. The goal to reassert a common European Union policy toward Beijing. That's as comments from the French president hinted at a divided European stance toward China. During a speech there, she noted that Europe must not turn a blind eye to tensions between China and Taiwan adding that a military escalation in the region would be a worst-case scenario for the global economy. The foreign minister will meet her counterpart Qin Gan and China's top diplomat Wang Yi on the two-day trip. In communist China, two attorneys are trying to keep human rights alive, despite a steep price tag, their own freedom. A Chinese court on Monday sentenced two prominent rights lawyers to jail for lengthy terms of more than 10 years each. That followed a closed-door trial last June on charges of so-called subversion of state power. Xi Ziyong and Ding Xiaoji played key roles in the China-based New Citizens Movement, an activist network that promotes civil rights and government transparency. Ding, a former commercial lawyer, was arrested in December 2019. 
His attorney said he was routinely tortured to extract confessions while in custody. Former university lecturer Xi was detained shortly after. He once penned an open letter calling for Chinese leader Xi Jinping's ouster. For their activism, both had served years in prison before their most recent arrests. This year, the U.S. State Department honored Ding with the Global Human Rights Defender Award. A spokesman has urged Beijing to release the two immediately and unconditionally. Beijing deems efforts to build a more inclusive and just society as a threat to its power. During its most rampant clampdown, the regime jailed hundreds of rights lawyers in a series of arrests in 2015. Coming up, is Taiwan important for the democratic world? Experts say yes, but why? Every single day, the People's Liberation Army is practicing and preparing and training and equipping to invade Taiwan, and every single day we get closer to that eventuality. We spoke to Robert Spaulding, retired U.S. Air Force Brigadier General, for his take on that, and on why he believes Washington's strategic ambiguity toward Taiwan is a problem. More on that after the break, here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Experts call the Taiwan issue critical in the West's battle against the Chinese Communist Party. But why do other nations often overlook the island? And what's really happening with Washington's strategic ambiguity policy? We spoke to Robert Spaulding, retired U.S. Air Force Brigadier General, for his take. So recently we saw China conducting these live fire drills around Taiwan. That's after Taiwan's president met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California. And also over the weekend, China's army or PLA put out a simulation of an attack on Taiwan with even missiles exploding in flames when they hit their targets. So what kind of message is this sending, not just to Taiwan, but also the U.S.? Well, it's not just a message, uh, which is you know kind of frightening because this is how um, the conflict is likely to start with a blockade of Taiwan. I think the the other thing that's happening here is the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army are practicing you know how they would conduct both a blockade and then eventual invasion. So I think it's very concerning. Uh, every single day, the People's Liberation Army is practicing and preparing and training and equipping to invade Taiwan, and every single day we get closer to that eventuality. So I think it is incredibly, incredibly concerning. And the, the funny thing is that I don't, it doesn't seem like people are actually con- that concerned, and that's part of the problem. You know, as this thing continues and as China continues to, you know, practice, eventually they're they're going to move just like the russians went into ukraine so we should not discount uh, the threat uh, that the that the chinese pose to taiwan and on that note general why do you think people or countries aren't that concerned about this well i think um you know it, it really gets into this uh, idea that the corporations and the financial institutions of the free world are so embedded in China, and they are so concerned about the, you know, the governments of the free world stopping them from having these business relationships with China, that they are trying to keep a lid on any concern over China's potential invasion of Taiwan. So they're telling governments, don't, um, don't get spooked by this, you know, and, and certainly don't 
react to what the Chinese are doing, when in reality we should be reacting quite forcefully to, to China's aggressions. So it's really about this you know, infiltration of our societies through our businesses who have these uh, profit-seeking relationships with China. And general expanding on that, it seems there has been some pressure in the U.S., especially on President Biden, to kind of make this stance clear. We have lawmaker Mike Lawler telling just the news that he doesn't think strategic ambiguity works. So what should our stance be towards Taiwan? What should that message be? Strategic ambiguity is, is a problem in and of itself. We've gone past the point where I think China, we need to let China know, in other words, that um, their invasion, if we, if we want to prevent an invasion, uh, if we feel like that's important, then we ought to let them know quite um, clearly that you know, going across this red line is going to be something that they're, they're going to regret. And then we have to basically put consequences behind this. This is what we did, by the way, with the Soviet Union in Western Europe. Now, it takes a big commitment. In that case, we said, look, we are, we are willing to use nuclear weapons if you invade Western Europe. So we have to make a decision. You know, what does Taiwan mean to the free world? Are we going to get behind it? And if we are, then we have to have backed that up with uh, credible measures that will make the Chinese Communist Party think twice. And it's not going to be some you know little uh, message that we're sending to them. It has to be very forceful and has to be backed up. I believe has to be backed up by nuclear weapons. If we're not willing to do that, then I am, then I fear that we're not going to be able to deter the Chinese from eventually invading Taiwan. And on that note, we have been seeing some actions out of the Philippines and Japan especially. But speaking of Chinese leadership, Chinese leader Xi Jinping recently was telling some troops to be prepared for actual combat. So on the flip side, is the U.S. ready for an actual war? Well, our nuclear forces certainly are, uh, and they've been ready. They've been ready uh, throughout the Cold War. Through the end of the Cold War, we've kept them um, you know, prepared and credible. And I think this is something, um, you know, that has been very important in terms of keeping the peace, in terms of, you know, con direct confrontation or conflict between either U the U.S. and Russia or the U.S. and China. And so uh, in that sense, yes, we are ready. In a conventional sense, if this was going to be a conventional war, and by the way, there's no guarantee that if we do go to war with China, that would re it would remain conventional. In that sense, no, we're not credible at all. As I said, China has a bigger Navy. They have a bigger Air Force now. It's in their backyard. They're 80 miles from the Taiwan coast. We're thousands of miles away with not all of our resources there. And we've committed a lot of weapons and other things to Ukraine. So I think, you know, um, if we're it, it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about nuclear, nuclear, we're absolutely prepared. If we're talking conventional, absolutely not. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.